Are you feeling stuck or are you unstoppable? Are you tired of creating incremental growth in your business while really wanting to make quantum leaps? Well then welcome, you found the right place to be fed. This is Susan, the founder of Unstoppable Women in Business and this podcast is for women entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, anyone who is unwaveringly focused on finding the best path to success in their business. While you're here, you're gonna be asked to think differently to get different results, to do things that are challenging, but oh, so rewarding. So come on, let's get started. Hey there, I am so happy to be here with you today. I'm telling you, it has been quite a month and I have had to put the podcast on the back burner. I literally maxed out on the number of things I could produce at once. And while I was feeling guilty for not showing up here, it just had to be that way. I'm in the middle of the book launch. Yes, people, I finished it and it is out there very soon to be launched. The book again, the name is, oh, I'm in sales. It is an entrepreneur's guide to making sales, her BFF, and it is launching at the beginning of November, and I'm so happy with how it turned out. It's a super fun book. It's me. Like, you will hear my voice all the way through it. It's lighthearted. It's going to be an easy read, but I have to say it's got some meat to it as well. It's, um, let's see, it dives into a really good process that you can go through to help you reset your sales mindset in a way that's critical for you to do in order to meet and even exceed your revenue goals. So anyways, I was silly enough to think that my work would be done when I finished writing the book. And I was wrong. (laughs) The marketing strategy has just been kicking my butt. We'll talk more about that a little bit later because I think it's important for y'all to understand that writing a book is an amazing thing to do for your business, but you've got to be prepared for all of the different stages of the work that you're going to go through and really approach it in a strategic way. So we'll talk about it in maybe an episode that comes up soon. Who knows? So anyways, it feels great to be here because I have so many things that I have lined up to talk with you about, and I believe that it's going to bring you value, and I'm ready to go and kick this thing into high gear for the fall. So put your seatbelt on and let's get going. Today, we're here to talk about the experience of being in sales. And if you run a business, you know you're in sales, right? At times, sales can feel like an emotional roller coaster. There are highs and they're really high, and then there are lows, and they can be really low if you let them. So the thought of it being a roller coaster really brought me back to my childhood when I loved riding them. Like, I don't like it anymore, don't feel great, but when I was a kid and I was living in Buffalo, we used to go to this place that was in Fort Erie. So when you live in Buffalo, you literally live by the Peace Bridge, which is you know, near Niagara Falls, and we're a hop, skip, and a jump away from our Canadian friends. And so we used to go to Crystal Beach each summer over in Fort Erie, and they had this very cool 
wooden roller coaster called the Comet. And guys, that was way back when, and it was a relic then. It was a historical site at the time. And now can you can even imagine. So anyways, I still remember the sound of that roller coaster as we got off of the school bus, which is what we rode to get over to Crystal Beach. Um, I remember getting off the school bus and hearing the sound of the roller coaster. It was almost like you just knew you arrived when you heard that. There was this like clunk, 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 clunk <laughs> as it climbed this enormous, huge incline. And then it crested over it and you'd hear the whiz and the clanking as it began to zoom all around the trysts and the turns and all. Oh, man, it was so cool. This baby was built literally on the edge of Lake Erie. And when you were cresting that first drop, right, that first hill, you would come over the top and you would see the lake and you would see the water in front of you. And you were, you literally felt like you were going to zoom down the hill and right into the lake. It was so terrifying, but so much peer pressure. If you didn't go on the ride, everyone would think you were a wuss, and so you had to do it, and so I did it, but I never really, really liked it. Anyways, that's what got me thinking about sales and the emotional roller coaster that you can get on when you are in sales. So when I first started in sales, it was way back in Buffalo, and it was in the early 90s. And again, I cannot believe I'm saying this. Like, here it is 2021, and I'm talking about the early 90s. Like, I used to talk about my grandmother that was born in the, the early 90s, but that was the 1890s, and now I'm the old person, but that's another subject. Anyways, Sales up there was my first exposure to this roller coaster ride of emotions that can happen. It was like, it was similar to riding the comet. You would climb the hill slowly, slowly, kerchunk, kerchunk, one step at a time, kind of anticipating what was in front of you. Each step of winning a deal, everything that you had to do in order to get to the point where you made the offer. And then you would either win the deal or you would plummet to the depths of despair when the client said no. I was on a great team. I had a really good sales leader. And, you know, together we kind of commiserated with each other when we lost deals. And we cheered each other on when we won. It was a really good learning experience. There were a couple of guys on the team that were the most tenured and super successful. They always made it to something called President's Club which that's like, if you're in corporate, that's the epitome of success each year. If you exceeded your quota by a certain percentage, I think it was like you had to be at 115% in order to be invited to go to President's Club. And so everyone who made President's Club was known to be the elite, you know, the successful. And these guys made it year after year after year. And everyone always looked up to them. And they told us the most important thing anyone could ever hear. They said, listen, when you're in sales, you have to think about it like a marathon, not a sprint. You're in it for the long haul and you have to pace yourself if you're going to be able to make it. Because they they just, they were the most even keel guys. Like they didn't get super excited when they won. They didn't get down when they lost or when they did, couldn't get people to move forward. They just kept 
plugging along. And I think that was one of the most important things for me to learn from that experience of being on that team, because sales can be one of those jobs that you sign up for that really tests your mettle. Think about it. There isn't any other job out there where your worth to the organization is measured every single month. And seriously, your job is on the line if you don't perform. In essence, the saying always was, what have you done for me lately? Because as soon as the end of month came and you counted your, you know, wh- whether you made quota that month or not, it was over. And then the day one slate wiped clean and you had to start over again. And so the whole, what have you done for me lately was that feeling that, oh my gosh, every month it starts afresh. And if, if you sell well, then they would raise your quota and want more from you each year that you're in your role. So there was really this like feeling like you were on a treadmill, you know, or it, it just, it's a brutal game. But the rewards were enormous also because you're completely in charge of your income potential and you don't have to wait for those measly 3% wage increases once a year. If you figured out how to do the job well, how to sell, you were compensated very nicely. So the upside potential of that kind of a job is enormous, just as much as the downside potential, which would be losing your job if you don't do well. And that's corporate sales. So you got really used to the roller coaster of it or you bailed out. Okay, now enough about corporate sales. And I want you to think about it because the way that I described my experience of being in that environment probably should sound very similar to you being an entrepreneur, right? Now, it's not a job, but the whole psychological piece, the part that drives the anxiety, it's all the same. You have a quota, right? You just call it a goal. You have an annual goal that you're working towards and you need to make your goal or you may lose your quote unquote job, aka business, because that's why most small businesses go under. There's a a lack of cash flow. You're not generating enough in sales. And so you have that same kind of pressure that we had when we were selling on a team in uh, a corporation. Now in corporate, here's a difference. We did have people on our team or in the company that would judge us based on whether or not we were successful, right? So if you were part of President's Club, you were the heroes. And if you didn't make it, oh, people would look at you like, wah, wah, what's wrong with you, you know? But you don't have that. You don't, you don't have people judging you necessarily, but you don't really need other people to judge you, right? Because you're happy to do that yourself. Am I right about that? Judging ourselves and finding ourselves lacking sometimes, well, that's what we do best, right? Maybe. Anyway, in our world, being an entrepreneur, there are so many things that are the same as being in sales for a profession, but it can be a little different because you don't have a team that surrounds you. You don't have a sales leader. You don't have those mentors who will be cheering you on when you're facing challenges or celebrating with you over the wins. And to be honest, that's exactly why I started Unstoppable Women in Business. I knew from experience how important it is to have someone supporting you when you're trying to drive revenue for a business. I think of myself sometimes as my client's sales leader who can point them in the right direction on what they need to do, but also I support them on their roller coaster ride. 
the ups and the downs of the experience of selling. I'm the person they come to when they need to be talked off the ledge, a voice of reason that helps them reset their mindset about sales because the roller coaster ride can kill you if you don't know how to smooth it out. So that's where we're headed today. We're going to talk over a couple of the most frequent underlying thoughts or beliefs that are the catalysts for the emotional sales roller coaster you can find yourself on. And what I'm hoping to do during this conversation is to help you see that you can smooth out the roller coaster by changing how you think about selling. So here's the first thought that drives the downward spiral of the sales roller coaster. And it comes in some form of this theme. There isn't enough for me. And that comes from a very natural human condition around scarcity. As humans, our primitive brain is always scanning for danger. Not enough is a condition that the survival brain is always on the lookout for. Not enough food, not enough time, not enough money. All of these things are perceived by our survival brain as putting our safety at risk. So it's really natural for you to have a scarcity mindset. It is how we are wired, but it simply isn't true. We need to be on the lookout for times when this scarcity mindset is creeping into our thoughts around selling. Sometimes it's about what we do, what we deliver as our product, and the thought that no one is going to want it. There aren't enough people who I can sell to. Those are the kind of thoughts that really are generated from a scarcity mindset. Other times, it comes into play when you think about people, your ideal clients, not having enough money to pay for your services. Some of those thoughts would sound like, well, they won't want me because they can't pay for me. When these thoughts come into your mind and you're starting to go into that downward spiral, just know that it is not true. These thoughts can be re-examined and you can find a place where you can genuinely believe that there is more than enough, that there are enough people. There are thousands of people who need what you do and have the money to pay you what you deserve to be paid. Your job, my love, is to find them. And I know you can. When you're thinking and believing that they are out there, you will find ways to be creative and you will connect with the right people. Because at the end of the day, it has been proven that what you think and believe is what drives your results. Can you please sink into that for just one minute? Probably one of the most important concepts for you to ever grasp onto and hold It has been proven that what you think and believe is what drives your results. Because how you think actually creates your state of being, how you feel. And how you feel will help you take the right actions that will lead you to creating your results. So let me put it another way. Have you ever been able to really take solid action when you are in a funk? Okay, now let me define funk. You know, that feeling like, oh, nothing's going right. I don't know. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. You know, that negative, negative down energy kind of thing. 
Okay, now when I'm in a funk, and it happens, it happens to everyone, but when I'm in a funk, I tend to crawl into myself and go stagnant. Like I don't do anything. I either procrastinate on the important things that I'm supposed to be doing, or I buffer and I do unimportant things that really don't make a difference, but they're easy to do. So when I'm in a funk, I am not creative. I am not productive. I'm not like on fire. How about you? Do you feel the same way? So that's an example of how you feel creates the type of actions that you take and the results that'll come from that. All right, let's take another example of thoughts that are going to create an emotional downturn. So here's another one that comes up all the time when I'm coaching my people. Let's talk about those times when people say no to your offer. All right, so you have a sales consult or you're talking to somebody, you make an offer, they say no, and you're feeling a little disappointed. Why do you feel disappointed? What do you think? Why are you feeling disappointed? What are you making that no mean? Really think about this, okay? Take a minute and think about why you feel the emotion of disappointment when someone says no. Okay, some of you might be out there saying, I don't feel disappointed when someone says no. Good for you. That's fantastic. But for the people who are in that boathouse where they they get a no and they're like, oh, damn, what are the thoughts? Believe me, I've coached enough people to know some of the thoughts that might be going through your mind right now. And here's what they might sound like. Darn, I wanted them as a client and I'm disappointed that they didn't want my program. Okay, so that's the thought. I'm disappointed they didn't want my program. Or it might be something a little higher level, ratcheted up a little like, oh, I must not have been good enough. I screwed up the call or they don't think the program's worth it or I'm not worth it. Or it might just come down to they think I'm a fraud or an imposter. They found me out. They don't think I'm good. So all of these thoughts, while very, very common, are usually a story you're telling yourself about a missed opportunity. Those thoughts, any one of them, are enough to put you in a downward spiral on that emotional roller coaster. But you have to know they are all optional. The key here, my friends, is to not get emotionally invested in the outcome of any particular sales opportunity. There is only one thing that is guaranteed in sales. You will win some deals and you will lose just as many. If you go into a sales opportunity knowing that you will likely have a yes as much as you might get a no and not make anything of it other than it's just a not now, you'll be in a much better emotional state to move on and make the most of the rest of your day, your week, and your month. Here is the last thing that I have to say about all of this. The very best antidote to ward off the emotional roller coaster is to have a bursting pipeline of opportunities. The more attention that you put into getting people into the top end of your funnel and then get better at advancing the relationship forward so that you can earn the right to make offers, the more it won't matter 
if someone says yes or no. It's kind of like that old-fashioned gumball machine. I want you to picture that. Do you remember the ones? It was like a glass globe. It sat on a base. There was a little handle that you would crank, crank, crank around and round until one or sometimes more than one gumball would drop down the chute and into your hands. Y'all remember that? I think they still have them out there, although they're very hard to find. Maybe sometimes in some grocery stores. I'm not sure. Anyway, think of that gumball machine filled with opportunities. And all you have to do is keep spinning the handle until they fall in place for you. How does that visual work for you? <laughs> Listen, people, do your best to approach each deal, each ideal prospective client as someone that you can definitely help, someone who needs what you have to offer and don't get attached to the outcome. It is totally up to them to see the value that you can bring them. Of course, you can always get a little better at communicating that value, right? But they still are the ones that need to recognize it and take action. It's not about you. Whether they say yes or no, it is all about them. So remember, just remember this one thing. There are thousands of people out there who need what you have. Your job is to find the ones who are ready for your help. If you can own that thought, I mean, adopt it as your mantra, you will be in such a good position to keep an even emotional keel in your business. All right, give that a try. And that's it for today. Except if you got something out of this episode, then I think you're a perfect candidate to pick up a copy of my new book. Oh shit, I'm in sales? This is what I've gone through today with you is a very good example of how to apply a specific process that I outline in the book that helps to reset your sales mindset and it helps you learn how to make sales your new BFF. Please mark your calendars for November 8th when I will have my 99 cent sale on Amazon for the ebook. That's the day that I'm pushing to try to become an Amazon bestseller for whatever it's worth. So anyways, November 8th, please mark that day and watch my social media. I will also be having a virtual book launch pajama party that is going to be that same night. So keep in touch with me via social media, Unstoppable Women in Business. Check out my website. Reach out to me. Drop me a, an email, susan at uwibusiness.com. I'd love to hear from you. This is going to be fun. I'm going to have a DJ. We're going to be playing music. We're going to be giving away tons of prizes. I am not kidding you. I'm celebrating this achievement because it was not easy. And I'm proud of myself for getting to end a job on it. So I want you to be there. I want all my favorite people to be there so we can have some fun. I hope you'll be one of them. All right. So until we meet again, my ladies, you go get them. I know you can do this. I know it. I have faith in you. Have a great week and I'll talk to you later. Hey there, lady. What are you doing? We need to get to know each other better. Come on over and visit me at www.unstoppablewomeninbusiness.com and check it out. I've got so much good stuff over there for you and I would love to get to know you better. So come on, come on over. Let's hang out.